today I am joined by Buntley, who is a retail worker and worked in retail through the whole of 2020. So we had some topics we wanted to talk about today, and we'll probably still touch on them. But we are recording on January 6th at 3.13 p.m. Central Time, right in the middle of what's going on in the Capitol. We're both a little shaken up, I guess would be a good description. And the topics may may go completely off the rails. Who knows? But uh, how are you doing today, Buntley? Uh, it's not been too bad a day all things considered. Yeah. If you're not in the Capitol, you're probably fine. <laughs> I wouldn't say totally fine because it's concerning, but uh, doing better, certainly. The uh, the the results in Georgia are kind of giving me some hope at least. Yeah. And I would say, you know, if this, I feel like this was pre-planned, but I, I feel like if the results had gone differently, we may not see what we're seeing right now. But who knows what is going on in their minds that's uh, motivating them to do this. I just watched a um, very sad video of someone getting shot in the Capitol building. And, um, you know, it wasn't media coverage. It was somebody who was there right beside her when it happened. And so it was very, very real to see. Um, It's gotten me a little shaken up. I mean, on the one hand, they couldn't have expected to do what they're doing without someone getting hurt. On the other hand, it's still not a fun thing to watch. So let's jump into other things that are concerning, uh, but less so. <laughs> so you, uh, you worked in retail, still do, obviously, but uh, for the whole of 2020. So where do you work? I work at Target. Okay. And then what do you, uh, what do, you do for them? Well, mostly I stock shelves. I'm a DBO. Uh, at least I was until very recently. I've swapped departments. Um, so most of our job is to empty the truck that we get from the the DC and take it out to the shelves. So that way people can actually buy stuff. Uh, And then I also help out on the uh, online fulfillment team, doing a lot of shopping for people who don't want to come into the store. And that has been the biggest challenge of this year for retail, especially at Target. Yeah, I bet that's been booming. I know personally I've been using online for everything that I possibly can. (laughs) And when I first started at Target two and a half years ago, the online fulfillment was one person. It just took one person to go take care of all of the orders for everything. And sometimes they didn't even need somebody to cover their breaks because it was just that easy to deal with. Now we have a full picks team of like sometimes uh, we I've seen up to 16 people doing it all at the same time. just to try to somewhat keep up because we have, you know, a limited amount of time. Uh, It was three hours for a while. Now we have one and a half hours to get uh, an order completed once it drops into the system. Uh, And it is a huge, huge drain on, uh, on our personnel because that's a highly physical job. And we're having to pull people from other departments, like every other department just to help with it. And then also it takes sometimes up to eight people to get everybody's orders out to guests that are coming up to pick up their orders. It, it takes a lot of people to keep this going. Yeah, I bet. Never really thought of it like that. I've been using Walmart pickup for a few years now, I think. Um, 
And they, I remember being one of the first in my area to, to jump on that bandwagon. I was super excited when they launched it and it was, um, a shit show. <laughs> so I would imagine if any stores are pushing that, uh, during a pandemic for that reason, it would be even worse. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's an extra challenge for us right now at Target because in the middle of the pandemic, we rolled out grocery orders including fresh produce. So we have to go and actually select good stuff. And we have even less time. Like we have an hour and a half from the time the order drops to actually take care of a grocery order. But once somebody actually gets into that order to go pick it up, we only have 30 minutes. And so it has to be picked up and put into the coolers or freezers uh, like within 30 minutes to get it done and quick. Oh, geez. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Resources are very much strained. Like we're out of bags. We're out of labels to actually label the bags with. So we're having to use like regular grocery bags instead of the ones we're supposed to. They're nicer and better for carrying out to people. Plus that- a lot, we have so many people that are new, brand new. Like we don't have as many as we should because it's the middle of a pandemic and not that many people actually wanted to go work in a retail position in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. That was one of the things I was going to ask you. Did, uh, did you see a lot of people quit? Um, I know I worked at target too, at one point. Um, and I remember working with, uh, first of all, seasonal college students in the area I was in, there was a lot of them, but there was also older employees that were working there quite a lot. And I would imagine those people would be at risk and, and, possibly just like leave i've only seen two of the older people retire uh since this started and one of them worked all the way up to november before she finally retired uh we haven't actually had that many cases in our store all told like i think we have maybe uh somewhere in the lower hundreds like somewhere around 100 150 between there in total employees like management staff included and i've only gotten a text message saying we had a positive covid case maybe a total of seven times in nine months so i'd say we're doing pretty well considering that we're right there the whole time yeah did they uh i would imagine they probably introduced some uh procedures and and precautions because of covid how how were the i mean did they <laughs> first of yeah. all <laughs> well i mean we have cart wipers now uh scheduled from before the store opens until all the way up till we close going through and sanitizing all the contact surfaces uh in the store not obviously not shelves because there's a lot of shelves but you know like scanners and uh any other things that people touch on a regular basis uh plus every single cart that gets brought back in gets wiped down before a guest can use it uh we have people at the self-checkouts that are uh cleaning off everything and sanitizing after every uh guest goes through a self-checkout uh we have barriers in place so uh the cashiers are safe and the guests are safe during their actual like walking through an actual check lane oh wow there's all kinds of precautions we're supposed to take our temperatures before we come to work and report any symptoms uh, if we have any, and if we do test positive for it, then target pays us for two weeks of work to oh, stay wow. out of work. That's amazing. That is, it's actually surprising for me that they did that, but you know, 
I'm glad that they did. Uh, and I, I hope that more companies are following suit because that's that's a big deal as to whether or not someone's going to be honest about what's going on with them. Yeah, they actually have done uh, a really good job of taking care of us, I feel like. Uh, all They still try to feed us. But if they do like a big feed the team event, it's always individually packaged stuff rather than buffet style, never buffet style. Uh, the break room has been separated out so that way everybody can maintain social distancing. Uh, we're required to wear masks all the time, including if we're away from guests as well. Uh, the only the only exception is if we're outside on a break. Uh, and they've also... Uh, they were supposed to, by the end of 2020, have, uh, make the minimum wage at Target $15 an hour. They actually boosted that. We were at 13 at the beginning of the year. And as soon as the pandemic hit, they gave us all an extra $2 an hour during the beginning of everything. And then they just kept going. They they walked it forward a few times and then they just made it permanent. And so this whole year, basically, I've been making $15 an hour when I only expected to make 13. Yeah, that's pretty awesome too. Um, did the, does your area have a mask mandate for the customers as well? Uh, we've been following the, uh, the actual Alabama uh, mandate. Uh, I don't think our county or city has a specific one. Uh, but we're still holding to that policy. We have it up on the door. It can only be enforced as much as we can actually enforce it. We do have extra uh, security specialists uh, on the floor, but there's only so much you can do once a guest gets out of eyesight. They, I, I have seen multiple people with their masks pulled down on the phone, buying Starbucks and drinking it through the store. Even though there is a specific sign on the front door that says no food or drink is supposed to be consumed inside. Oh my but, gosh. Did you, were you guys victim to any of the uh, crazy people trying to fight the mask mandate? Anything like that happen? <laughs> not really. Uh, we've had a couple of people whine. Uh, and there's one guy that has a card pre made that says, Oh, I'm exempt. Oh my God. What is his yeah. reason for that? <laughs> I don't know. I've never had to actually interact with the guy. I've just heard stories from the front. I, thankfully. <laughs> I, I avoid being on a check lane, especially during a pandemic, because that's <laughs> that's the worst possible place to be. I commend our cashiers for doing what they do. For sure. Did your did your store um, shut down in the beginning? No, part of we the lockdown. Ne we've never shut down. We did close down the deli. Or, uh, we closed down the deli, the bakery, uh, the cafe, and Starbucks for a while. I think they all stayed closed until. June, I think, is when we started opening Starbucks and everything back up. Mm, and, that's but, actually a pretty long time. Yeah, the cafe is completely closed. We'll never have the cafe again. That has become online pickup area. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you had a space to convert. <laughs> Indeed. And it's it's a madhouse in there sometimes. When you've got 16 people coming back to put up orders all at the same time and we don't have enough equipment because there's not enough printers or not enough RFID scanners to actually find items. It can get a little hairy. Uh, <laughs> stress levels can get pretty high sometimes, but yeah. now that we're out of fourth quarter, I think we're going to be okay. 
So I have to ask, were you working whenever the big uh, epic toilet paper shortage happened? Yes, I was. <laughs> Did it happen uh, to you too in that store? Yes, yes. We oh, had zero toilet paper, zero paper towels. We had no hand sanitizer. We had no um, uh, sanitizing wipes. If it had alcohol in it, we probably didn't have it. Did you did you notice them buying up anything strange? Like we know all of that makes sense. Well, maybe the exception of toilet paper, to be honest. But was there anything else that you just noticed was getting bought up constantly that you were like, why? Well, I did notice uh, about a month after uh, everybody, after all the non-essential businesses closed, I did notice that there was suddenly a lot more online orders for pregnancy tests and then condoms. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. If you're stuck at home. I mean, I've heard people talking about how we're going to have a baby boom as a result of the quarantine, and I, yeah. I fully expect that to happen, too. <laughs> yeah, quarantinies. <laughs> oh that's a great name and i really hope that's the whole um generation's name you know <laughs> we'll have the the boomers and the millennials and the gen z and quarantinis so what was it like i mean being there whenever people were coming in and going crazy was it just like any normal day just maybe more people in the store or was there any sort of actual obvious craziness going on and anxiety with the the customers that were coming in during the first part of the quarantine it wasn't really that bad uh there weren't as many people as i expected coming out but like once summer hit it started to grow and this chris this past christmas season was just so bad so bad because like normally there's people in the store and that's all we have to deal with it's just people in the store <laughs> but this year, it was people in the store and all the people shopping that weren't in the store. <laughs> so that made it extra challenging because if those people, if we if we're pulling people from other departments to help with all this online ordering, those people are not doing the job they're supposed to, which is stocking the shelves, making things look nice, taking care of resets when we have new stuff coming in. Uh, it, it's it's a massive people problem. There's just too many people and not enough of us. Yeah. And I bet it's probably hard for them to get more employees because one of the things I was thinking about that I'm not sure anyone else is, is like, how do you go about scheduling an interview with someone who's, you know, needs a job, but might be afraid to come in and the social distancing of a job interview? There's like, there's a whole new layer to trying to get employees to come in that most people probably aren't thinking about. And the job market's probably, while a lot of people are losing their jobs and looking for new ones, the job market, uh, the the people, the amount of people who are looking for jobs, it's probably gone down anyway, even without all the people losing their jobs because of all the at-risk people, the people who need to take care of at-risk people. It's just, there's a lot of change going on too. Um. When we did our most recent seasonal hiring event, I think it was end of October, beginning of November, uh, they actually were giving out cards for uh, video interviews. That's what people were supposed to do. They were they submitted a, an application, and then if their application was selected, they were supposed to do a video interview and send those in to, for the hiring managers to review. 
what we ended up having a problem with was that a lot of people just didn't submit the video interviews, so they didn't get jobs. So we didn't get anywhere near as many people as we needed or expected. Oh my gosh. And you know what? That's a total cop out too, because personally, if they, w- if they want a video of you and you submit it on your own, that gives you time to think about your answers. You're not just on the spot like you wouldn't be normally in an interview. They should have jumped on that opportunity. Exactly. And it's not even that hard to do that these days because we have cell phones with video cameras in them. It's not a <laughs> difficult thing. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned that you worked through the holiday season. How did, uh, how did, were you there on Black Friday? How did that go? No, I avoided Black Friday. Uh, I, I was not scheduled. I volunteered to come in. I came in at midnight uh, after Thanksgiving and worked until the store opened at 7 a.m. doing nothing but setting up and uh, online ordering because that got blown out of the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I think I even did last minute ordering for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, on the bright side, we didn't uh, we had. We stepped it up. Uh, there were deals going through the entire month of November that were the same as what it was going to be on Black Friday. So we kind of helped keep some of that down by keeping people out on Black Friday, by just giving them what they wanted early. Yeah, I think I saw a lot of stores doing that. And that was, you know, it was brilliant both for business, but also for your employees, because if people are going in for these deals online or earlier in the week, then you don't have all that many people in there on that day, which would be so dangerous right now. Didn't stop 400 people from showing up within the first hour, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, So were there people waiting outside when you left? Yes. That morning? Yes, there were. So... I know, obviously, people are in the store with their masks on. People are probably shopping differently. Like, did you see a change in the this type of customers that were in the store and maybe how they were acting and what they were doing? Um, anything weird? Not really. Uh, here, like, towards the end of summer uh, and going into fall when the kids weren't back in school and therefore bored we did run into some issues with like kids doing stupid tiktok nonsense in the store (laughs) like we've had to damage out uh toys and uh furniture and towels and whatnot because they'll get lotion or conditioner or something and just spray it all over the shelf oh no I personally have witnessed like a group of six girls setting up their phones in an aisle so that they could all do TikTok dances. I'm so glad I don't work in retail and that I'm also not a teenager right now. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I could not imagine the amount of peer pressure in high school right now. Like you have to get on TikTok. You have to do this thing for like, no, I don't. No, no. I'm so glad I missed this one. And I'm I'm not even on board with that now as an adult. I know a lot of people who are using it and I just am not I'm not doing it. And you can call me a boomer if you want to. I don't care. It's just like I didn't want people to have videos of me on social media on a regular basis when I was using other forms of social media. I don't want to use one that is solely video based. It's yeah. not my thing. No TikTok <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Period. 
not to mention the security risks. I mean, so much information has come out about that app and how it was created and the loopholes that are in it. Um, Just I don't know how people hear that and still have it on their phone. I mean, maybe they don't understand it, but still, no. Even if I was interested in it, after hearing that, I wouldn't have it on my phone. Privacy is so very important. Yeah, especially in this day and age when we're all so connected and every little thing that you put on the internet is there forever and can be found. Kids have a lot more to worry about these days than we did. Yeah, and let's not forget the explosion of OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even going to say anything bad about that one, because like eh, as as a previous webcam model in my <laughs> younger days, I see the value in having an alternate way of making money, especially now when people are losing their jobs or they're scared to go outside. And, you know, what do you have left when you can't leave or you can't work or you might get sick? you have your body and if you can make money with it do it (laughs) completely makes sense to me and it's a completely fantastic time to do so just from a purely capitalist standpoint because there's a whole lot of people who can't date right now oh yeah that's true that's another factor as well (laughs) if you want to capitalize on that now's the opportunity and that's how to do it (laughs) okay so it sounds like you probably didn't have any super fun or crazy experiences with the uh, with the customers that were coming in. I say fun uh, sarcastically. Um, my next question I was going to ask is about the rise of the Karens and if you had any of those experiences <laughs> with abnormally angry people coming in there after being stuck in their houses. So far, I personally have been okay. I managed to avoid that because I unbox all my stuff before it goes out to the floor. So I am on the floor, put stuff on shelf, get back off floor because I don't want to be around people, period. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the way to be. Uh, I remember working at Target when they had me folding clothes or working in the dressing room and those were the, the most terrible places to be. I have heard so very many complaints just walking by the clothing areas. Oh, I wish I could try this on, but their dressing rooms are still closed. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, they the are. dressing rooms were the worst even before a pandemic. Um, I remember one time when I was working in Target, I was working in the dressing room. Some lady went in there and peed in the floor. And <laughs> I don't know why in the world you would do that. And I mean, they have carpet. So just imagine that that goes on on a regular basis in in Targets. And I'm sure Walmart probably sees worse. But now it's a pandemic. No, we're not going to open the dressing room. We're not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The most frustrating part about the whole thing for me is that uh, I worked in a department that involved towels and bedding. And... I don't understand why these people have to touch everything. Like, we actually, everything that goes into my department that gets returned right now, uh, when it comes back, has to go into quarantine for three days before we can put it back on the shelf. So, why, I don't understand why these people don't get that 
maybe a pandemic is not the best time to see how this towel feels, or maybe pick the whole thing up and unfold it just to see how big it is or what the pattern is, and then throw it back crumpled up on the shelf. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel I've had people tell me I'm a little too paranoid. I'm one of those people that I order my groceries online. I do the pickup and then I wipe everything down and sanitize every single item before I put it up. And if it's a fruit or a vegetable, I wash it with soap before I put it up. That's how anal I am about this thing. So no, I'm one of those people that I, I just can't, I can't tell you the last time I stepped foot in a store. I'm doing everything I can to avoid it. So yeah, if I actually did go in a store, I would not be touching that towel. And the, the fact that people still are just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But then again, I assume that not everybody does things the way I do. I mean, I've made it through this whole thing without getting COVID. <laughs> so like, I'd like to continue in that particular vein. I don't want to get COVID. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I would be so paranoid working retail right now. I feel lucky that I'm not. Um, so how did your life change and your patterns, you know, coming home? Do you do anything differently you know, coming into your house. I know I've heard stories of people who like strip down all their clothes in the laundry room and, and take a shower after getting home just to make sure. Um, is there anything that you, any any steps that you've been taking since this all started? I mean, I come in, I wash my hands. That's the first thing I do when I get home. It's the last thing I do before I leave work. And it's the first thing I do when I get home. The The only real difference between now and the before times is that <laughs> I don't, go do things when I get off work anymore. I get off work and then I come home. I don't go out. Yeah, <laughs> no running I, errands, nothing fun. Well, I mean, errands I might have to do on the way home, but generally all of my stuff I can pay online. Every now and again, I might have to go visit an ATM, but I have alcohol wipes in the car for that. And that's just good practice anyway, because people are gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. There there have been some conversations where I'm like, how is this not something you were aware of before a pandemic? Like things are gross. Gas pumps are gross. ATM, anything that a bunch of people touches is going to be gross. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing. After working eight to 12 hours a day in a public place where I have to keep a mask on at all times, I don't have any sympathy at all for somebody who doesn't want to wear a mask because it's itchy or any of the other nonsense reasons that they give wear the damn mask yeah i i can't imagine having to wear it for eight hours but that i've had the same i share the same sentiment like no there's no excuse for that at all and sometimes i think it's the way that the media displayed this need to wear a mask in the beginning that caused everybody to have a problem with it like they were saying wear the mask to keep you safe when really all along it was to keep you from getting other people sick. And I think if they had posed it the correct way, then people looking at others not wearing a mask would say, you're a piece of shit because you want to get people sick if they had just said it the right way the first time. But no, now it's a political debate on whether or not you should be wearing a mask and whether or not you want to. It's, I mean, it shouldn't even be up for debate. So it sounds like you've uh, you've been pretty lucky throughout the year, but I would assume dealing with this has not been easy. So 
now that the year is over, you're moving into a new one. How are you mentally and emotionally after everything? I'm not completely terrible. Uh, it, it's been rough. Like it's a lot of work, a lot of physical work, a lot of stressful physical work. And I don't really have the ability to go out and hang out with my support group. So like no board game nights, no, uh, no family gatherings. Uh, I can't even go see my girlfriend because she's an at-risk individual and she lives with an at-risk individual. And that's the scariest part about this whole pandemic to me is that once you get it, you're contagious with it before you feel that you have it. And that's why it's so dangerous. That's why everything is so screwy and why it's so important to wear your mask (laughs) because you don't know that you're giving it to people while you're giving it to them. And I don't want to be responsible for getting anybody I care about sick or anybody I don't care about sick. Yeah, exactly. It's just wearing wearing your mask is not for you. It's for other people. And like I said, if, if they had just said it that way to begin with, I, I don't feel like we would be in this. I mean, it makes me so happy to see gangs of people shaming individuals who don't have their mask on in public (laughs) because that's the way it should be because it feels kind of shameful and selfish not to put your mask on when you go out it's like i might be sick i might run into someone who i could kill just because i have it and don't realize it or symptomatic because there's still people out there who have it and are positive and never have a symptom and that's what i'm the most worried about not that i'll get it and not be sick is that I'll get it, not be sick and not know that I spread it to people. I've talked about it on my show before, but I'm not sure if you heard it, but my ex-husband caught COVID uh, early on and was around my kids and around me at a distance during drop-off. He would literally get the kids out of the car and they would come to me and I would stay like a few feet away from him. Um, That was just my own choice there. It wasn't really for any sort of social distancing because really, truly, if the kids have it, I'm going to get it to their toddlers. But yeah, he brought them home. And two days later, he told me he was sick. And um, I think it was like five days later, he got his positive test and he was down for a month. And we, we were worried about him. But that's how close I got to it. And it's because he wasn't taking precautions. And didn't tell anybody that he was starting to feel bad. That's the craziest part about it. He was starting to feel symptoms while he had the children with him and didn't tell me until he dropped them off. And I feel like that's symptomatic of the state of the healthcare system in America. People ignore being sick because they don't want to go to the doctor because it's too expensive. And we're so used to that mentality that now we're getting sick in the middle of a pandemic and we still don't want to say anything. Yeah, and I know when I worked, uh, I was lucky enough to get out of the 9 to 5 office kind of environment in November of 2019, so right before it all happened. But I do remember when I worked there, I went to work sick. I went to work sick as a dog because I couldn't afford to miss anything. And Mm -hmm. if I could still function and perform my job duties, I went in and they had this weird culture there where it was like, oh, if you're sick and you feel bad, we would rather you stay home because we don't want anybody to get sick. But then they would make you feel like shit for missing a day. And that's not the first job I've had that treated me that way. And so I know that that's 
probably a widespread problem. And that contributes to why people don't feel like they can take sick days. That's been my experience pretty much my entire working career since I turned 17. It's, I remember experiencing that at Target. I do remember going to Target sick too when I worked there. Uh, I was hospitalized once while I was working at Target and uh, it was because I had a crazy infection in my kidneys that I didn't know about and I was in severe pain and they were trying to convince me to finish out my shift. I had to have someone come pick me up and take me to the ER in the middle of my shift. <laughs> Ah, retail. America in general, I, I feel like, yeah, that, that's kind of an extreme example of something that happened in my life. But I, I know I'm probably not the only one that had something like that happen. And I feel like it was very similar even in an office setting. Probably worse, honestly, because you're not doing physical labor. You're sitting at a desk. So they're like, yeah, if you're not passing out, you can still do your job. <laughs> Pretty much. So it sounds like Target and management handled everything pretty well. One of my one of my questions I was going to ask you was, you know, what would you like to see from management in coming into the new year um, regarding new these new experiences and and new um, policies and procedures that I'm sure that the company has uh, rolled out as a result of the pandemic. But from the sounds of it, Target did a pretty good fucking job. Pretty far, pretty much so far. I, I I can't honestly fault them for any of the things that, uh, or choices that they have made, with the exception of changing the time on the picks from three hours to get it done to an hour and a half. That was a terrible move, <laughs> especially right before Christmas. Come on, guys. But, <laughs> but it also doesn't do anything but make the stores look bad to the district manager because the general public doesn't see that number they just see that they're getting their orders faster and that's fine i get it as long as they don't try to fire people over that we'll be good yeah yeah for sure i'm 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 proud to say like i used to not be happy or proud to say that i used to work at a target because my experience there was just so bad um granted this was many 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 years ago but it does make me kind of proud that the only retail experience I ever had was at a Target and they've handled something like this so well. Yeah, Target has been fairly well progressive through my entire experience working there, even here in the South, where you would think such things wouldn't work very well. Target does do a good job of making sure that all their stores follow the same guidelines no matter where in the country they are. One thing specifically that has come out of this whole pandemic it's actually changed where i shop because i don't even go to some businesses anymore because of the way that they have allowed their employees to handle things like the mask mandate i've walked into multiple gas stations and had the the attendant just not even bother thinking about wearing a mask while i was in there so i just don't go there anymore yeah that's a good point um i've changed pretty much my entire uh, routines around not going into places so i can't say the same because I haven't really been able to see them. But I think I would be the same way if I went in and saw people not following any sort of safety guidelines. I would probably walk out and not go back. Just tells me that, A, they can't control their employees. And B, they don't care enough about what's going on. Yeah, and that's the biggest contributor to the fact that America has gone to shit uh, because of the pandemic is people who don't care. People don't care that it's happening. People don't believe that it's real or they just 
think that's, ah, you know, I'm going to do what I do because I don't affect anyone else when in reality you do. It's, it's a pretty serious butterfly effect to just your existence in general. Yeah. I hate to wax mildly political on it, but we have seen a whole lot of monkey see monkey do. Yeah. I mean, feel free to get political at this point because I mean, today is nothing but a political spectacle at the most extreme. Uh, and I'm, I haven't looked at anything that's going on since we've been recording and I'm almost afraid to find out what's happened in the hour, uh, that we've been talking because, um, a lot has gone down in the course of just this days. And it was, it seemed to be at a peak when we started and yeah, those, those people, and I, you know, I try to be very inclusive with ideals and opinions on different things. And I apologize right now for anyone who's not political or doesn't want to hear about it because I'm fucking pissed off right now. So I'm about to get aggressive. Trigger warning. Turn it off if you don't want to hear it. But the people who are out there storming the Capitol are the people who are doing the monkey see monkey do. They're watching someone they believe is powerful and important and tells the truth all the time standing on a podium running the country when he is a he's a fucking idiot and it makes you even more of an idiot if by now you are still looking in that at that person as an example and you are out there storming a capitol building trying to say that our democracy <laughs> is being stolen when you are actively doing that you are an idiot too I'm I'm done with all of you. I can't have a conversation to try and bring you back over, talk you out of it, talk some sense into you, try to have a conversation. No, that time has passed. I'm done. 100%. Yeah, it's, you know, it was one of those things when he made fun of disabled people on live television. Okay. Should have been the end of it. Funny. Yeah. You, you might find that funny. All right. I'll give you a pass on that. Whenever... The Black Lives Matter protests started. The Proud Boys thing came up. Stand back, stand by. You know, I just can't anymore. I just can't. <laughs> I can't handle him or any of his followers anymore because you are just delusional. All of you. You're just making up excuses at this point to still support this man. He's nothing that you thought he was and you are lying to yourself if you think he is uh anyway rant over i guess um it's all right preach on sister <laughs> my message for the the hard truth of 2020 remains the same and i'm probably going to say this at least once in every episode i feel like i can i can just feel it coming just don't be a fucking asshole and don't support assholes and maybe things will start to get better <laughs> That's so true. On the bright side, we do have some hope that maybe things are going to turn around a little bit after seeing what happened in Georgia. And maybe we'll see some stuff come out of the other things that happened in Georgia, like uh, somebody trying to subvert an election via phone call by pressuring a secretary of state. Yep. Yeah, that's another thing that happened. Boy, it's hard to keep up with all that. <laughs> It's okay. It's, it's only January 6th. It's going to get even better from here. Uh, it's just, I, I don't think, you know, granted I wasn't alive for all of them and we didn't have as much documentation and video evidence of things for all of the presidencies, but I just feel like um, 
no other president in history has had so many um, documented fuck ups <laughs> in one term. At one least term. it's only one term. Jeez, dude. And, you know, yeah, Georgia gives me hope. It does. It gives me hope that people are starting to see things. The problem is that a lot of people see us saying that, you know, the wins in Georgia is a democratic thing. It's really not. It doesn't come down to that. If your true goal is for um, humanity to move forward, then it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican if the goals are the same. I don't care if you have conservative views, if you're not pushing for racist agendas or things that are going to harm the people. If you're a Republican and you're going to help the people and you show actual evidence of how you're going to do that, I might support you too. It's not a blue and, and red thing anymore. Excuse me, losing my voice now. It's not about going left or going right. It's about going forward. <laughs> yeah, were you a Yang supporter? Uh, actually, no, I've I've been a hardcore Bernie fan since 2016 uh, <laughs> so like that's the only person i really cared about yeah so andrew yang's slogan through his entire campaign was not left not right forward um which is why i asked that but it, it's you know his message is the same as what i just said and i think that's why a lot of people resonated uh with it it's it's you know we have to move forward no matter which party you align with uh it's the stagnant way of thinking is killing us. It's dividing us. And that's why we're here. Indeed. Indeed. Well, Buntley, I think we've gotten to a point where we need a mental break. And for those of you who are still listening, thank you so much for sticking with us. It's a crazy day. It's a crazy time. It's a new year. Let's see what happens. Thank you for joining me today and talking about your experience in 2020. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Maybe we will have you back next January if you made it through 2021 still in retail and see what happened. <laughs> You're welcome to ask me anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hard Truth. So glad that you could join us. For more information on how to get a hold of this week's guest or ways to support them, please check the description below. And as always, check out patreon.com slash hardtruthpod for ways to support me. Thank you so much. Your support is everything. Everything. <laughs>